<laughs> Yo, what's up? It's your girl, TJ Nark. <laughs> oh my God, what's going on? Yo, uh, I just have to start by saying that I think you can all <laughs> adopt this really, really self-loving, self-care habit of mine that I'm going to share with you right now. And that is the only reason I'm sharing it with you. I am not doing it to gloat. It just really works. For some reason, no matter what the actual criticism is, whenever somebody has anything to say in any capacity about my looks, I take it as a compliment. But not like consciously. It's not like this Virgo thing where I digest what someone has said and then I think about it and I find a way to make it into a compliment. No, it never goes that far. It's more that as soon as someone displays any sort of criticism, negativity, positivity, anything towards my looks, I immediately, on a vibe level, sense what's going on there. And I take it as a compliment. So whether they deliver it as a compliment or as some sort of hating comment or trolling or whatever... I don't even see that. All I see is someone who is so taken with me that they have been compelled to do something. And just that in and of itself is so, well, it's just so complimentary. It's such an ego boost. Like, think about it. Can you make someone do something? Like, if someone doesn't want to do something, can you make them do it? You can't, right? You can't make, you can't force someone to do something. But if just you looking a certain way can force someone, compel someone to do something, maybe even against their own better judgment. Oh my God, that's even better. Maybe they even know that they shouldn't but they can't help it. And it makes them actually in the real world do something, say something, write something, send something. That's amazing. Like, I didn't think I didn't, I didn't think I had that kind of power, to be perfectly honest. Um, like, to, to the level that the, the trolling and everything gets now, I didn't think that I had that kind of sway. Or I didn't think, I, I, I never think in like that way about myself or about other people. You know, like things don't ever get out of proportion for me that way. Like I disproportionately love like two people. You know what I mean? Everybody else is like a fair deal. It's a fair shot. And I'm included in that. You know, so like, yeah, okay. Like I'm a nice looking person. There's lots of nice looking people. I think everyone's nice looking pretty much. You know, like, I don't let that get to my head, but this type of stuff gets to my head for sure. 
Like, this is the ego boost. That's what people don't get. Like, haters will look at somebody who, like, likes the way they look and are chill about it, have, like, a really casual relationship with it. Like, I'm into it. I'm into the way I look. I'm into the way other people look. I'm just into style. I'm into lines. I'm into aesthetic. I'm into fashion. Like, I'm just into it, you know? Like, it's art for me. You know what I mean? Like, moon in the third house. Like, it's art for me. Life is art for me. So I'm into it, but not in a way where I'm like getting off on it. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that, that I, I have too much other shit to do. I have too much other stuff to like actually think about and contribute. And like, I don't have time for it. Right. So I think what, I think if haters actually got that most of the people that they're projecting this sort of thing on, you know, because this is what I've realized. Like, I think Joe Rogan talks about this too. Whenever you go on somebody's page who has these like trolling tendencies or or who is like somehow seems to be projecting this weird idea that they have, some weird notion that they have about who you are, when you go on their page or when you somehow find out anything about them, they're generally suffering from whatever they're trying to pit on you. That's like, that's usually how it works. And with people who hate on you for the way you look, it's usually because they're self-obsessed. They're self-obsessed, they're obsessed with their looks, and they have found through obsessive looking at themselves that their looks don't measure up. So by that logic, anyone whose looks they think measure up must be an asshole. Because they would be an asshole if they were in that situation. So that person must be an asshole, right? It's so funny to me. I, because it's like when you're living in a space where you don't indulge your ego that way and like you just naturally like fuck with the way you look, like I'm into it. It's not debilitating. You know what I mean? It's just fun. And then someone kind of sweeps in or, or a group of people or whatever it is and they say stuff about how you look. It's like getting candy, you know, because you're like not doing candy. You're not, you know, it's 30 day challenge. You're staying away. And then someone just drops off this candy and is like, by the way, this won't affect your blood sugar. It won't affect anything. This is just free. You can just have and you're like, whoa, really? <laughs> I can just have this. OK, bet. Um, and I think that's a really good thing to adopt because we're living in a time now where we're slowly going to have to start admitting to ourselves that we're living in a time where the masses are actually the ones that are bullying people, right? This whole like guise of social justice and it's ironic because they're bullying people left and right all over the place. Um, and one of the ways that we, most of us being women, uh, but not all of us, definitely not all of us, um, shout out to all the guys who are listening. You're the coolest, like for real, the coolest, uh, unless you're just listening to gather information and hate, in which case, can we just have like a, an aside? Can we just talk for a second? Like, can I talk to you like a man for a second? What the fuck are you doing with your life? I need you to check the amount of testosterone you have in your body and figure out what the fuck you think you're doing with your life. Because no matter if your testosterone levels are high or low, 
meaning no matter if your testicles are performing the way they're supposed to or not. If you on here on a empowerment podcast, searching or mining for information or wondering if something is going to allude to you or this, that, and the third, you a bitch. Not, I'm not calling you a bitch. Life. In the game of life, you a bitch. Right? Not a hoe in the sense of having a pussy. <laughs> but a pussy having no goddamn sense. Oh. um. So, aside from the bitch-ass dudes that could possibly be on I don't even know. It'd probably be like three people. But if you're one of those three people, like, you're awful. You suck. Like, just as a man, there's so many things that you could be doing with your life. And there's so many fun things that you could be enjoying just in this already nine minutes that you've, like, done what? It's so sad. It's so sad. <sighs> find, find a better hobby. Because being a bitch is not really that gratifying of a hobby. That's the thing about it, sir. You know, if being a bitch was a funner hobby, that would be cool. You know, if there were better benefits, if you had more gratifying experiences. But the only thing you get from having being a bitch as your main hobby is that women like me are going to peep you and call you out when you least expect it. Like you didn't expect when you started listening to this podcast that right in the middle of it, I was going to be talking directly to you and calling you a bitch to your face. Because that's what you are. You're a bitch. Boom. So, now, having addressed both those groups of people. So, there's the people who are going to hype you for no reason because they would be hyped as fuck and mean as fuck if they were in your position. That shit bugs me out. Whenever I meet people who assume I'm a certain way... I'm like, damn, is that what you'd be like? <laughs> I actually had someone say to me once, I don't know if I've said this before in another, I think I said it at a satsang. I actually had someone pretty close to me say once, drunken, um, like she was wild drunk. And she said, you're wasting it. And I was like, what am I wasting? Like, when I'm a, around a bunch of women who have all been drinking, like, and it's just like, we're just like a bunch of girls that are out. Like, I'm not the girl acting like a girl. Like when all these girls and me, we went to Jamaica the first time, like the whole time, the entire time, everyone we met, the first thing they said was, what's wrong with your friend? Oh, nothing. She's just like that. What's wrong with their friend is that I'm peeping you. I'm watching you. That's what's wrong with me. That's the only thing that's wrong with me is that I see you. <laughs> so when I go out with a group of girls, I can't be like, oh my God, oh my God, do you see him? Oh my God, is he looking over here? Oh my God, like I can't, I can't be that fucking girl. If we're out and there's no dudes around, like somebody's got to be like, okay, all right, you know, or like, cause then they start looking at each other. Like I've noticed this, I, I before I never went out with girls, so I never knew this. Like I, I had girls from my neighborhood where I grew up. The girls I grew up with, it, we all act like that when we go out. There's no girly shit going on because we're, we're from fucking uptown New York. Like we're not standing around in a club wearing six inch heels, giggling in a dress that we can't run in. And even if we are, 
we still fuck you up in that outfit. You know what I'm saying? Like, but we don't act like that. So, so when I started being around like brown girls growing up in the suburbs and shit, you know, they come to Jersey, like they come from Jersey, like once, I don't know, a couple at once every few months, they come into the city, they party, whatever, like for them, it's like fucking Christmas. Right. So they're wearing like the heels and the dresses and the thing and the thing and everything's like, (laughs) you know, and the first time, the first two, three times I was around it, I was just like, okay, is anyone gonna like even pretend to like watch out? Because this is what would happen. They would do this and and I would just be standing there noticing this because I can't partake in shit like that. I have like too much of an aversion to group mentality. Any Anytime I see more than a few people, more than like two, three people together and they're like giggling or doing stuff or making some sort of plan, I just want to like run away. Leave me out of it. Whatever you're doing, it's already looking like drama to me. (laughs) But I like to like isolate myself too. You know what I mean? I like to be alone. So what I noticed was they're doing this kiki, 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 you know, on the dance floor. It's all cute. You know, it's very attractive. Like it looks really cute. I I have to give it to him. It's very pretty. Um, But this is what would happen. Some fucking douchebag would come over. Okay, typical example. I'm going to give you a typical example. Friday night at Metronome in the early 2000s. This is just like the first example that pops into my head because that place was always fucking full of douchebags. And it was like they had like a, they had like a, what's it called? They had a, like a routine. You know, they had it down. They would like come in, drink their two Jack and Cokes, boom, boom. And then like, come on, like, yo, bro, let's go dance, bro. Like, <laughs> I hated that place. There, oh my God, I've never been able to get out of that place without like having to really get in somebody's face. And it, and I always said it. There's certain, and I know every fucking girl listening to this is gonna agree with me. There are certain places. It's the way the place is laid out. It's the way the club is laid out that dudes just be acting like douchebags when they get in there. And I always said that about Metronome. It's the lighting. The lighting in Metronome, it wasn't, it wasn't dark and it wasn't bright. It was that dim where you can't see shit. You know that one certain, that one certain type of dim where you can't see jack shit and, and it's the same type of dim that you could feel vision-wise when you've had too much to drink? It's that. Everything just looks fuzzy. Yo, that's exactly the word. Everything just looks fucking fuzzy. And every time dudes would get in fucking metronome and have a couple of drinks, everything would start looking even more fuzzy. And these motherfuckers would just go wild. They're chasing anything because they don't know what the bitches look like. They can't fucking see shit. They can't see shit. You couldn't see in the bathrooms. You couldn't see someone standing right in front of you. If the dude had black hair and it was shiny and he had a wife beater on, like you, like these bitches were just taking their chances. <laughs> we'll figure it out when we get in the street light. We would say because the motherfucking street light at night was brighter and clearer than what the fuck was going on in Metronome. So dudes would get in that lighting and just start acting reckless. Like, and they would say stupid shit. They would grab bitches' asses. They would do all types of shit. Right. So, 
one of the first times that I was out with a bunch of brown girls, because I didn't even know brown parties existed. I didn't grow up in Queens. I didn't grow up in Brooklyn. I didn't grow up around any brown people. So I didn't know about this whole fucking culture of them having like these desi day parties where during the day they would be, I didn't even fucking know desi people. Like the only desi guys I knew were my brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't, I didn't know, like there was this whole culture of young people who were doing this shit that their parents didn't let them. Like I thought everyone went to Catholic school and that was like, call it a day. You know what I mean? Or like, that's just what it is because Muslim culture and Indian Hindu culture is so different. And I didn't know that either because I didn't know any of them. So I thought every South Asian was just strict across the board in the same way that, you know, Pakistani Muslims are strict. Not the case. So the first time I went out with a group of brown girls, they had been going out since their like early teens already. You know, like brown parties and going out and being around brown guys. It was normal to them. So here I come from fucking Harlem, like walking into a place with these girls and they're like kikiing and I'm like letting I'm just going with it because I'm like, you know what? This is their thing. They've been doing this forever. Like this is their world. They they seem to know everybody here. So, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's do this. I'm still going to be me and be cautious and look at everyone like I want to kill them. But that's just I can't help that. So then <laughs> very quickly, you know, it took me two or three times, maybe four to really like test my hypothesis. But then, but I knew from jump, I knew as soon as we walked in and they started kikiing that it was wrong. But you know, you got to give, you got, you can't be closed minded. You can't prejudge. You can't jump to, you know, so like, fine. Okay. I'm going to roll with it. But I knew right away, something is wrong. Just the energy is fucking wrong. So this is what would happen. It happened like four times. They do this. <laughs> and some piece of shit just fucking like just some fucking rando dude man who's like walking by he's drunk he sees a bunch of girls giggling and he would just like walk by and say something now i think a douchebag like that expects you to turn around and be like yo shut the fuck up or fuck you or what would you say or like you know you push him he falls into like a table nobody notices he's drunk he gets up and walks away you know whatever there are versions right so if you do that if he walks by and he says some stupid shit or does some stupid shit grabs you whatever and you don't do anything and you keep kikiing ha 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 what is he gonna do then then you have a problem on your hands because now he's just going to stand there. Now he's going to do it more. Because when he thought and he knew that he should get slapped in the fucking face, you didn't slap him. You didn't push him away. You didn't curse him out and be like, get the fuck out of my face. So now he's like, oh, these bitches mad weak. Like I could totally dominate these bitches. I just totally transgressed over their boundaries and they're kikiing. Right? So I knew the energy was wrong, but this happened a couple of times where they would like someone would come over and do something stupid and they would just kiki and then and then they, that person would become a problem. And this is how they would handle the problem. The guy would dance with one of them and then that one would move and then the guy would dance with one of them and then that one would move and then the guy would dance with one of them and that one would move. And inevitably, the small one, the very, very small one would end up with the problem. And see, I just can't, I can't watch the small one any in any scenario <laughs> i just can't watch i can't watch the little guy get get like hurt i just can't i don't know what it is in me it's, it's well no actually i know it's i have very specific placements that make it like painful for me to let that go like i just i can't let it go i can't um so inevitably 
I would get into like fights that had nothing to do with me because it would get to the point where it was that, you know, or, or, or sometimes it wasn't even a guy. Sometimes it was a girl. Sometimes it was that same fucked up fuzzy metronome place and some bitch would get drunk and had a beef with some girl that was, a you know, with this group of Kiki and girls, whether it was this group or that group from Jersey or this group from Queens or all these bitches. And the girl would come over and like talk some reckless shit and nobody would really say anything to her. And and it would end up on the small one again, just like kind of get past the energy would get passed around, passed around and end up on the small one. And I would just be standing there going, yo, this is fucking crazy. Because and, and after a while, I started telling them, I was like, you know, the reason this turns into a problem and escalates and then, and then something has to be done is because from jump, you're not giving the right signal. Like from jump, you're not you, you should be giving the signal when you're out that anybody that's walking by is first of all like acknowledging your presence there but not acknowledging your presence there is like something to be transgressed upon and certainly not the first thing they should be thinking about you is like that you're a sexual being like regardless if you're in a fucking club wearing a fucking mini skirt that's not what the fuck i'm talking about i'm not talking about what the fuck you're wearing i'm talking about your vibe and your vibe depends on what you value about yourself you know that's part of the reason i can't get into that whole <laughs> culture I have a lot of friends that tell me that shit. You should be more girly. You should be more like this. Please wear the fucking earrings. What's wrong with feathers? What's, listen, there's nothing wrong with any of that shit. There's nothing wrong with any of it. But honestly, some of that shit doesn't fit my vibe. You put me in some fucking feather pink shit and some dude says some ill shit to me and I'm gonna break that motherfucker's jaw. And then, and then we're all gonna have a problem. You know what I'm saying? Because like, my, I have to, that's false advertising. That's me wearing shit like that is false advertising because then dudes get it in their head that I'm a certain way and you talk to me sideways and I'll fuck you up. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. (laughs) So the vibe, and and I don't think it's a male vibe, to be honest. It's the vibe is just a non-sexual vibe. Okay? And... The reason I'm bringing this up and, the, and, the, and how this all ties in together and why I talk about haters to begin with and why I bring this all around. Well, because there's a reason. Because these people, these things that happen out here are realities. So one of the things I got asked the most, one of the questions that we had as a collective after the garden episode, after out of time, after the fallen meditation is... God, I'm just feeling so great. I can go to the restaurant whenever I want. I haven't had any anxiety. Is, it, is this feeling going to run out? I'm worried that the anxiety will come back. I'm worried this sense of peace and calm that I have will run out. Will it? I don't know if you can see the correlation between the stories I've just told you. And the answer to that question. We'll answer the question when we get settled at the restaurant, at our table, once we're there. We'll talk about it while we're there. I will say this before we leave. Some of you, so that's the topic of discussion once we get there. How long will this last? Is there a time limit? Is the other shoe going to drop? Which, by the way, is just another way of saying I have running anxiety. Things are going well and I'm afraid that it'll stop 
and they'll get bad again. That's what we'll talk about over dinner. Okay? And we'll leave in a few minutes and we'll go. So again, I'm sorry for those of you who are driving. I love you. I'm only doing it to keep you safe. Do not listen to the guided meditation while you're driving. Don't. I, you know this already with my voice. If you listen to the podcast while you're falling asleep, I don't want to put you to sleep. I don't want to soothe you to the point where you end up hurting yourself. So, you know, go home and listen to it and listen to something else right now. So we'll go, we'll sit there, we'll talk about it. Now, before we leave, there's a couple of things, just housekeeping, yeah, that we should get out of the way. First off, you set foot on that jet, please be wearing the nicest thing that you can conjure up. Make it something different from last time. Be bold. Give yourself a look. Work it. Just looks. Look. Serve the looks. That's what I want. Serve the looks. You had your primo all-time debut outfit, but we not debutantes anymore. We regulars, we the fucking glamorous fucking regulars who get the fucking middle table in the floor plan, bitch. Because we've been working hard. So we're not like just showing up in all our splendor and glory. Now we just, we, you know, we be coming by so much. We got the center table. Now we serving looks for these people, honey. Like now it's looks for the universe. That's one of the things I've always found really um, not just liberating about being Muslim. Like I just love that it's okay to like flex and have money and and like look nice and be clean and wear nice clothes. And like I just I love that. I love that Eid is like this day where you wear new clothes and buy new things and like just wear the best thing possible. I love, I love, I love. So we're serving looks. So please come with the looks. Okay, that's one. Two, it has been brought to my attention by several of you, but not limited to just you guys, (laughs) that you've been trying to hand out passes to the restaurant. You've been slipping people's names to the waiters, talking about slipping names to the hostesses, talking about there's another person joining our party. (laughs) He'll be here soon. And then... You message me talking about he didn't get the invitation or I don't think they're letting him in. Okay. Okay, (laughs) ma'am. First off, (laughs) don't do that. (laughs) You, You can't, you can't, okay, you're not going to the restaurant to go on a date. Do you get that? Like, the, like, do you get the premise of the restaurant? This is a place for you. This is a place where you get what you want. So even if he, in most cases, this was a he we were talking about, even if he were to come to the restaurant, that would be his experience. And there's nothing that says that it would be tied to yours. You see? Um, and the reason I hit on that, and the reason I called it housekeeping, is because... You know, ultimately, this whole concept that we're working with isn't about uh, 
uh, how do I put it? You know, the best way to use this to get what you want is to make it about not getting what you want. That's what you don't get. How are you handing out free passes to the restaurant? You don't even know how it works yet. Y'all trying to overrun the place with people that I'm going to have to give death stares to and get kicked the fuck out of the place. Like, I'm going to have to go become friends with the bouncer standing at the door and be like, you see this motherfucker over here? You see what he said? You know what he said to my friend? You want to make me that guy at the restaurant? We not doing that. I do that too much in my normal life. Well, I used to when I went out like that. Um... So no, no free passes, please, okay? There are no free passes. Remember what Morpheus says? You can't, you, can't, you can't walk through the door for anybody. They have to walk through it themselves. Now let's address another thing. There are a few of you that have said, well, I just can't visualize anything. I don't see anything. Okay, so first off, visualization is not just seeing things visualization is travel we have to get really clear on this that's part of the reason it's so important that you not do this while you're driving visualization is travel there is a part of you that leaves that goes there the part of you that is seeing that stuff is there So if you are having trouble, quote unquote, seeing things, what you actually mean is that you are having trouble traveling. Now, are there a lot of people who have trouble traveling? Absolutely. They're too scared. A lot of those same people uh, jerk in their sleep when they first fall asleep and jump in their sleep. Um, there's just certain people who are, for one reason or another, very tied to their body and, they're, and they become very afraid when that mind-body connection is disturbed somehow and they just, they can't, they can't risk it, you know? They're, they're worried. They're worried that if a part of them travels, maybe it won't come back. It's irrational, but it's just, it's perhaps lack of experience. It's also are failing as a culture that we don't raise our children knowing these very ancient esoteric truths. You know, we, we, we do our children such a disservice by just not even giving them the vocabulary to be able to know what they're capable of doing. Like how many children actually know that you can heal yourself, that the body heals itself, not just from cuts and bruises and stuff like that Bruce Lipton stuff. How many of them know about that? Okay, drink something. Now, if a child grew up, you know, from as long as they can remember, from their memory of consciousness, if they knew and had been told that their body was constantly regenerating and healing itself from just about everything, what would they be capable of creating within this construct? You see? So, basically what I'm saying is, it is a very nice sentiment. It's very sweet to want to bring people to the place with you. But, you're missing the point. 
the point is that you may find your way there because you wanted something. You may have first walked in those doors with me because you thought, oh man, I'm going to get to order whatever I want. <clears throat> or she's taking me to a place where she's going to teach me to get what I want from this, from this matrix, from this construct. How cool. Sure, that may have been what got you in the door. But now that you're here and most of you have been here more than a few times, have you noticed the absolutely undeniable side effect of knowing about this place and being here? It ties into the earlier question, does it run out? Have you noticed what the side effect is? <laughs> it's easy. The side effect is peace of mind. You wandered in the doors looking for what you thought you wanted most. And what you found instead was peace of mind, which is, which is actually what you want most. So if you go out of your way once you found peace of mind, to try to invite someone who is obviously not a source of peace for you into that situation. What you're telling me is peace of mind is so antithetical to your psychocybernetic settings that you're risking your own seat at the table, <laughs> at the only table really that matters. For someone who, and I'm just going to be as Aries, Mars and Aries, Venus, Aries, blunt as I know how to be for someone who probably doesn't give a fuck about you. Sorry, and not because you personally, that person doesn't, listen, most people don't give a fuck about most people, okay? Like, I, I'm I, like, don't take it personal. I'm just saying, if you're having to choose between another person and that person is like not your child, and your well-being, and you choose that other person, chances are you're choosing that person over yourself, even though that person doesn't really give a fuck about you. That's all I'm saying. So think about this now. Think about the level we can go to in hazardous and toxic attachment, where we can actually want to swap out the peace of mind or the, the vibes, the constant, you know, endorphin rush of of the guided meditation working and you being able to go to this place where your so, your soul feels at home your soul is soothed and grounded there right you know it you know it you feel it you feel better like you're just you're you're going right think about how what level of toxicity you have to be working with in a dynamic with someone to want to having experienced that feeling, want to in some way taint it by inviting someone in who you know damn well can't vibe there. Oh, but I don't really know if they can, he can vibe there or not. No, yeah, you do. Of course you do. Because there's a reason that you and that person aren't vibing to begin with. Like, we got to start being a lot more honest with ourselves. You know what I mean? This whole, like, weird conscious community, we, we do this hypocritical shit. We're on one side. We're like, it's all vibes, man. It's all energy. And on the other side, we just act like that doesn't happen at all. If someone is avoiding you... If you, like, quote-unquote, love someone and they don't want to be with you... if it, 
you guys are not vibing. Do you realize it could be as simple as them being able to smell something in your immunological makeup that just doesn't appeal to them because your kids would be sickly? It doesn't have to be about you. You know what I mean? Like you, you, like like the shape of your nose and your lips or like the, the size of your boobs. It doesn't have to be about you, you. It could just be about your like histoimmuno, you know, response system. It, it could be just be that simple. Or it could be as complicated as your love language and the way you react under stress reminds him of his mom who is always stifling his dad's ability to stand up for himself and kind of emasculated the dad and the son uh, at once. And this guy's walking around, you know, feeling inadequate and emasculated in all these different ways and real sensitive about it. You know, maybe he's like a real macho kind of guy, naturally has a lot of testosterone. And then you start freaking out about something just because you're a normal person. You fucking freak out about shit. And and you, without knowing it at all, but this is why he was attracted to in the first place. Don't ever doubt it. Without you knowing this at all, you're going to start reacting in some way that's going to hit all those triggers for him of the way his mom did that to him and, and his dad. And he, you know, he's less than a man and she was dominant over them and she did this and she did. And all of that is going to flood back in on him, rush back in on him. Now he loves looking at you. He loves sleeping with you. He might even be in love with you or he's falling in love with you. And you start doing that crazy shit and the guy goes ghost. Now, is it crazy shit that made him go ghost? No, everyone does crazy shit. Everybody, every day, all day long. Women need to just start to start combating that myth wherever someone says it. Oh, women act crazy. Y'all don't act crazy. Y'all don't kill people on the fucking regular for basically no reason. Shut the fuck up. When y'all stop killing people on the regular for no fucking reason, you can come talk to me about how fucking crazy women are. You see, you see the hypocritical fucking double standard? We're crazy because we like to talk about what the fuck is going on, about the fucking writing on the wall. We like to talk about the reality of the shit that we see in front of us. We're fucking nuts for doing that. But we live in a world where there's another gender that insists on calling us crazy that spends billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars on killing other people. That's it. That's that's like the whole motivation of the entire fucking industry that like runs the planet is behind every government now is just about killing people. And somehow the social narrative is still that women are unstable and crazy. That that's a mind fuck. You got to be really just an advertising like devil to be able to pull that off. And th- and that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what we've done, right? So, let's do a little off-world traveling. We'll talk more about all of this and about whether or not it all runs out when we get there okay so i'll break here
get your water, you know, roll another one, light it, I don't know, maybe smoke a little before we start, you know, maybe lay down, and maybe this time, As we're traveling there, if you start to feel yourself falling asleep, maybe you can keep yourself awake by just doing a really low, almost internal hum of an ohm. Just a way to keep your body slightly awake enough for you to stay lucid. If you start to feel yourself fall asleep, just a low ohm. You'll still be able to hear me. And I'll keep you from drifting off. We want you sleepy, but not asleep. (laughs) We want you in that dream state. That's the runway that the jet's on. Which uh, we're paying for by the hour, so we got to get out of here. Let's go. Give me a second. I'll be right back. Get dressed, please. You know what I like to imagine? I like to imagine those Chanel makeup boxes from the fifth element to do my makeup for these things where you just hold it up to your face and press a button. Boom, it's done. Uh, Life. Get it together, peoples. I'll be back in a second. And then then we go. All right. I'll be right back. So before we go, I just wanted to round off my story because I just left it in the middle of nowhere. So to bring it back around to the hater thing, because this is all going to tie together once we're there. uh, I had a girl say to me once at a club, you're wasting it. And I was like, what? What am I wasting? And she said, because we were, you know, we were doing the same thing. They were kikiing and I was standing there looking at everybody like this is about to be a problem. And you know, ultimately, that this is about to be a problem between me and you. So I don't know why you're going to this girl and that girl and that girl when you know what's really going to happen is that you're going to have to deal with me. We were in one of those situations. It was either in Metronome or somewhere else, somewhere similar. And I said, wasting what? And she said, do you know what I could do if I looked like you? And I was like, damn. No, what? Tell me. I think I've mentioned this before. And the reason it stuck out to me and the reason it still persists in my memory whenever there's any sort of a hater, anything, anything like that, any sort of criticism, looks-wise, anything, the reason it still stands out in my mind is because I think that anyone who sees you And what they see is your advantages and your disadvantages. And they're then unconsciously or consciously comparing themselves to you and the advantages and the disadvantages they have. That person will never be able to change their reality even by a centimeter. 
because their subconscious is reinforcing to them all the time this complete energy of inadequacy and lack. Because, I mean, if you're comparing yourself to anyone, you're going to fall short. Because in some way or other, that person excels past you in some arena. They just do. Everyone does. That's what makes life interesting is people are better at different things. You know, certain people have this, certain people have that, certain people like that's just so if you're locked into a, well, if I just had what you had, I could do X, Y and Z with it. Well, you're already presupposing things that are like a prison, right? Um, And that mental prison will keep you from being able to uh, place the right order or even be able to get there. Even be able to get there. And, and let me say something about that as well. It's very possible that you have way too much fluoride in your diet. Uh, fluoride, major, major sources of fluoride aside from toothpaste. If you're still using fluoride toothpaste, please stop. You know that fluoride causes uh, holes in the teeth, right? Please stop using fluoride toothpaste. The best toothpaste I've ever found is... Uh, that has no fluoride in it is aloe vera toothpaste by a company called forever aloe and it's called a tooth gel it's bomb and you should be oil pulling coconut oil pulling anyway before you brush your teeth it's better than flossing so you know like get fluoride out of your mouth cleansing process because there's no business for it to be in there now the other source would be water if you live in the continental u.s uh, very soon that might change because there is this landmark case being brought up. Um, but for the moment, all of the water is fluoridated. Most most of it is, and it's extremely bad for you. So there's that. So you can get a fluoride filter. Um, I think that there's a company called Earth Naturals that has a really good one. And it'll also filter out prescriptive meds and all this other stuff that is absolutely in the water. So there's that. Then there's also white wine. White wine is sprayed with a pesticide that is mainly composed of fluoride and it goes straight. And you know, those grapes are just water, little droplets of water basically, right? Um, It goes straight into those grapes. And so white wine registers is extremely high in fluoride. And And if you watch women who drink a lot of white wine, they all have certain things in common. They're all kind of fucking brain dead. You've noticed this, right? Now add to this the inability to knit your brow, which you knit your brow. And the reason I knit my brow so often um, is because it presses on your pineal gland, right? (laughs) It presses on the area. It helps you think. It releases small, small, small bits of hormones that you need to enhance your thinking process. So if you're uh, Botox to the nines between the eyes, specifically between the eyes, and you're a white wine regular and you're having trouble visualizing this, I'm not surprised. But again, I'm not judging you because you might be you might be smoking too much weed to be able to to leave. Your body might have so much weed in it that it's like, nah, fam, I can't risk you leaving and going somewhere because are you going to come back because this body might fall asleep without you in a way that I can't wake it up. You know, there are different reasons why people can't travel. If it's health related, meaning that you're, you have toxicity in your body, go to an acupuncturist, get your tongue red, go to like a Chinese medicine specialist, have them 
assess your energetic balance. They'll let you know what's going on. I assure you, if you are really gung-ho about getting to the restaurant and you just can't see it, go get a round of acupuncture. It will absolutely help you because they're going to figure out where your meridians are blocked and what's keeping your body so intensely tied to your energetic, your etheric field. It needs it to stay there because otherwise it doesn't think feel like it can subsist on its own. Do you understand? When your body works really, really well and it's basically toxicity free, you're going to have a much smoother experience of lifting up and out. Because the body's like a well-oiled machine, mashallah. It's just running. It's like, okay, cool, we're, we're good. Like you want to leave for 10 minutes, which is actually like, you know, uh, eons, uh, go for it. You know, like we're good. You will often find that if you are having trouble visualizing, you're also having trouble falling into deep, deep states of sleep, REM sleep. Because again, the body doesn't want to. The body doesn't want to travel somewhere where it's going to have to answer questions or uh, see things it doesn't want to see or understand things that it's not ready to see. This can also be the reason for our insomnia. We just don't want to face the thing. And when we fall into a deep sleep, we always end up facing the thing. You know this. So if you're feeling left out because you just can't seem to see what we see, you can't seem to get where we're going, it's okay. First of all, all that means is at least you found the source of an issue here. Look into it. Look into what you're eating. Look at your blood levels. Go to an acupuncturist. Have your tongue read. Figure out what's going on yin-yang wise with your balance. Who knows what you'll find? Because, Because any sort of an imbalance that will show up, for example, in a person's auric field, that will ultimately work itself into the matter state of you and become something in the body. So if you're able to pick up on something through this process and get rid of it or eradicate something that would have, you know, in 10, 15 years become a problem, wonderful. You know, this can be your version of me starting to use eye creams when I was 12. And somebody asked me, why are you using that? And I was like, because it says you put it around your eyes. I think it was my aunt or somewhere. It might have been my mom. They're like, yeah, but you don't need it. And I was like, everyone has eyes. Everyone has skin around their eyes. So... If it's for your eyes, you must need it. Like I was just obnoxious. Um, And I was like, well, I've read about this particular eye cream and it's like the best. Like (laughs) anyway, um, so also that, also that big aside. But if you're listening to this or old enough to listen to this or old enough to listen to podcasts and you're not using just a simple moisturizing eye cream, which in this case, I would just go with argan oil. Please start. Please stop fucking around with that. That's just like men, women, all of you. You should all be doing that. There's no reason not to do it. And it's so good for you. Anyway, all right, all that out of the way. I'm going to publish this. The next part of this episode I'm going to put up tonight when it's very, very quiet. And there will be no intro. It will be just straight meditation. So that one you can listen to from beginning to end whenever you want to go into the meditative state without any preliminaries or any sort of you know conversation so it's a good thing that we broke them up this way all right yo i love you it's your girl dj narc i'll be back in a minute